You are listening to highlights from an episode of The Creative Process. To listen to the full interview and learn more about The Creative Process projects, please visit www.creativeprocess.info. I wonder if as you're creating dances, do you study the movements of children? Do you work sometimes with children or how? We work a lot with children Uh and we're always fascinated by, um, you know, at some point it's almost like everyone is, this is sort of a cliche, but everyone is sort of like born with this ability to play, to be physical and to be connected to their bodies. Mm. And at some point you lose it. Mm. At some point it's sort of like taken out of us or grows out of us or sucked out of us. It's hard to know what it is. It feels like at some point that kind of expression becomes not okay and it needs to have much more discipline to it and it's sort of too sensual, probably happens sometime around the beginning of sexuality or not of sexuality but of puberty. And, you know, at that point something, you know, dancing too much once you've reached puberty becomes inappropriate in some funny way it's like too much and somehow this subtle lesson gets placed into all of the children's schools help a lot you know schools are so unencouraging to play they're so you know you would think it's a cool place to go you know that that, that you would go and you would learn through playing and, 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 and being silly but generally you get more and more channeled into into um, you know just getting it right and that all feeds into a kind of closing of the imagination Um, and I think that it becomes something you just don't do anymore and finding ways in which that can happen I think there's a generation of people now that are very thirsty for it yeah, but yet it has to be sort of organized. In a way, in a way sort of maybe the art is a way of, like, um, uh, how do you say? Or I, I guess not organized play, but, yeah, permission to play. <laughs> permission to watch some yeah. other people play. <laughs> it's right, strange. sort of yeah. making rules and then breaking rules, yeah. which really is what playing is in some way. It's sort of you're always trying to figure out how to turn something on its head. Um, and so I think that that's an extremely important way to think about a growing idea of art, which has to do really with the stuff that sort of enhances the senses and speaks to the to play in some way, to sort of pushes the imagination. You know, in, in the old days we used to say it's metaphor. But in a way, I'm not sure that metaphor is physical enough to describe the kind of play that is required to engage people in a way that makes them feel something when they're living in a world that is so kind of equalizing. You know, because we share this with students and we invite their creative responses and 
and and and since so many people have adults have forgotten how to play what are some exercises that you use to remind yourself or your dance company you know to keep those senses alive what do you yeah you know i think it has to do this is where the group really comes in because i think part of what is the hard thing when you're playing is to come up with things that are new all the time just to turn to think in new ways to turn to you know it's only play when you can be able to have some fresh kind of sense of surprise or sense of unanticipated outcome and i think there is a um, a way in which a good a good group that is working together well um, usually requires the group to be pretty diverse, you know. Like um, that, that, that good groups tend to have not the same person five times or six times, but to have six different people that can each provide something different. And the reason I think that makes good groups is that just by having all these different perspectives you're sort of beginning to force people to look at things from different points of view at the same time. Wow. By doing that, that's what play is. Like, yeah. doing that, practicing, being able to have empathy, to say, oh, I see how she sees it, and I see how I see it. And they're both true. That's the beginning of that fresh thinking, and it also happens to be critical for what I like about your work is that, is that you have all this space for telling stories, I think more so than a lot of dance companies. I, I love that. I mean, in a funny way, it's all storytelling, right? Like, yeah. It's such a, it's almost like time and sequence mm -hmm. create story. Yeah. And so you don't, you know, as soon as you have some consciousness, the time is passing and if you don't have consciousness the time is passing you're either dead or you're deeply disconnected from the world yeah um, and so somehow it's really about connection mm -hmm. and i think that one of the things oddly that the internet has done is it appears like it's something that connects us when in fact it is something that disconnects because it removes any of the requirement of actually doing the things that are associated with communication. So it's almost like speaking without consequence, you know, and the lack of consequence in, ends up making you feel less real, like the world just feels like you can shoot on the internet and people don't die. Yeah, it's really strange. And I think that that's, that's not a healthy... Like, that's a very warped reality to live in. So part of what I'm interested in is I believe there needs to be a very regular habit in the behavior of culture that provides for the senses and time to be reunited, like reconnected around even a very short time of that reconnection provide a great deal of sanity that mm. um, otherwise I think we tend to lose. Yeah, the one thing I think I guess we're privileged as artists as well, 
I won't say all artists have it, but we, we're trying to always refresh our senses and pay attention. So if that's something that, that you can communicate through your five senses festival, maybe others aren't so much in the habit of that, you know? Right, and what do we pay attention to? And we all pay attention to things or, or train ourselves to pay attention to things. But in a funny way, it's that, I don't know if you felt this, Sometimes you do, you pay attention in the way that was successful for you in the last time. You, you mm -hmm. kind of get bored with that particular way of paying attention. Yeah. So it becomes kind of known, like I, I've done this already. And there needs to be some element of innovation or as you said, surprise or the unexpected, mm -hmm. which I think is part of what we try to bake into the process rather than I was wondering if you could talk about because we, I mean, it is theater what you do now, but you, your theater work before your like your 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 like path towards um, Palabalas, and um, and even like your background in philosophy, you know, some of the the other things, how you found your way there. Yeah, you know, it's a good so, question. I was an yeah. immigrant. I was born in Israel, yeah. and I came here. My parents were academics. and grew up mostly in Connecticut outside of New York mm. and um, and then went to school here and university here and so on. But I think that somehow there was always an experience of being sort of an outsider, you know, um, and somehow not really being part of this American society and I had very ambivalent feelings about it. And then I think somehow that brought me to be very interested in, in looking at the world, you know, and, mm -hmm. and, and trying to figure out how to, how to make sense of something that was always sort of in, incomprehensible to me. Um, and I think that has very oddly led in some strange logic from one thing to the next. <laughs> to get involved in exhibitions or interviews, email us at team at creativeprocess.info. Thank you for listening.